Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hello, everybody. My name is Scotty Hines, one of the pastors here at Generations Church. Alongside of me is a friend and the lead pastor of Generations Church, Jeff Ludington. Hey, Jeff. Hey, good morning. How are good morning. You, good morning. I want to, you know what? I feel like I, I, we need a shout out, man. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you are podcasting, I feel like I'm channeling my inner Vinny Hanky. Oh, my wow. God. Or, or is it more of the uh, Robin Williams and good morning? Is it, good morning, Vietnam. Vietnam. I'm always tempted See, to do that. If I could pull that off, I'd do it. But I, I would just. I've always to wanted to do that. Myself. I'm gonna, I ain't going to lie to you. It's always been one of my temptations when you've asked me to do announcements. Just want to get up there and just say, good morning. <laughs> All right. So mental note, I just, never ask Scott to do announcements again. All right. Exactly, so, exactly. Hey, good, good morning. Podcast. We are here. It is actually, now this makes no sense if you're listening, but it is a Thursday morning. We normally record podcasts on a Wednesday morning. We actually did that yesterday. And... What happened, Scotty? What? Why did? Why are we here again on a Thursday? Man, so we were we were talking about the keys to the kingdom, a great great topic. We thought we could just handle it in twenty minutes. Uh, Mid podcast, we realized this needs a part two. This is deep. So um, mm. why don't you get yeah. us up to speed, man? Because there's a lot to cover. And we mean a pastoral twenty minutes, which is actually twenty five. <laughs> Anytime a pastor says twenty, it really means twenty five, right? When yeah, I say 40 right. minutes yes. on Sunday, it means 45. And so you always you always tack on five for pastors, all right? Absolutely. So yesterday, exactly what Scott says, man, uh, Pastor Scott, we were in this conversation about, it's called Keys to the Kingdom. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot. And if you're just listening right now, we're in the middle of podcasting through the Heidelberg Catechism. Our plan was to do... 52 episodes because there's 52 Lord's Days and this one we decided to do a part two and so we will probably release this on a Thursday so you normally get our new episodes on Tuesdays I think we'll drop this one the same week two days later but I got to check with my guys that drop out the podcast so if not either on the following week or that Thursday this is part two to Lord's Day 51 and so I mean, I'm sorry, 31, excuse me, Lord said 31. And so if you're new to this, if you're just uh, listening, you're thinking these people are crazy and they can't tell the difference between 20 minutes and 25 minutes or 31 and 51, you're right. We're not mathematicians, we're pastors, but we are working on a 450 year old practice of training people in a process called catechism, where you ask a question, you memorize an answer. And we're using the Heidelberg Catechism, a famous historic catechism. And we were in episode 31. We were midway through the podcast, as Pastor Scott said, and we realized, man, our time was running up and we were about halfway through. So we pivoted. And today we're going to pick up that conversation. Here's what we were talking about. In the modern day church, in today's church, Uh, When people go to a church and a church says, hey, this is what Christ calls us to, what the Bible calls us to, and you're not doing it, there's really no way to, and I'll use the word enforce that, there's really no authority 
that people give the church. Now, let me, let me say it this way. The church is given authority by Jesus to discipline people. And discipline doesn't just mean punish. It means train. Like if I discipline myself uh, to jog every day or to, you know, fight, you know, fighting is a, di- meaning martial yeah. arts, you know, training, competition, it's a discipline, right? Martial arts yeah. are all called disciplines. Um, music, uh, often, you know, you discipline yourself to play guitar, right? So discipline yeah. is yeah. training. And sometimes it has a component of, uh, uh, like, with children, you know, you take something away because you're trying to teach them a lesson. Well, the church is given the authority to discipline Christians, and that Christians used to attend the local church, and they didn't have a whole lot to choose from. They had maybe one church in the city or one church in their area. Today, there's a church on every corner. So here has been the, the net outcome, if you will. When the church steps in to help somebody be faithful to obey Jesus and calls them to something, if they don't like it, the tendency is they'll just go to another church. This Catechism was written 450 years ago when that wasn't the case, and and the church was the centerpiece of culture. And so when the church stepped in, one of the things they would do for discipline is if someone is in habitual sin and they're unwilling to repent, they would remove the ability for them to participate in the sacraments, like communion. They'd say, hey, listen, you can't take communion until we walk through this. Now, this sounds probably in our modern day ears, it sounds very authoritative or overstepping, but this is actually what the Bible calls us to. So I want to pose a question today, and I'm going to go through with Pastor Scott, we'll go through the questions and answers again, but how do we shepherd people? How do we help people grow in an age where the church has very little authority? And so if that's the case, then how do we live out our call as a church? Does that make sense? Ah, it makes a ton of sense. That's a great question. Hopefully, one of the things I've always said is we need to understand our role before God and before every construct he has built. That'll help us to re, to give value to it. You know what I mean? So hopefully, yeah. as you're hearing this, um, our goal, clarity over agreement, the goal ultimately leads you to Christ. Clarity over agreement. If you disagree with us, just understand why we believe what we believe. But we really yeah. believe we will give you a pretty thorough understanding of why we believe what we believe. And hopefully, saints, you get some value out of this. And we can start uh, re, uh, looking at, re-examining our hearts towards the church and discipline. Mm-hmm. So you ready, brother? Yeah, man, that's good. Let me ask you a quick question, just off topic. We hadn't talked about this one, but like Ryan or Brooklyn, your kids, man, they're uh, 10 and 7, 10 and 8? Le- 11 and 7. 11 and 7. Okay, so I was right there. Um, so Ryan's 11, Brooklyn is 7. Is there something that when they're not behaving, is there something you remove from, take away from them uh, that is impactful is it you know like a game a digital thing a a time or what is it yeah no it would definitely be a video game there's a um okay it's business before pleasure it's that model it's in the home but yeah he has to yeah they have to stay focused until now with this new structure till one o'clock before they can even ask me about entertainment okay and so if they're not behaving you remove the ability to play games after all their stuff's done if they're not behaving you'll take away a game, something they really enjoy. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, it's got to okay. hurt. That is the premise that I want to use today. Okay, so hold that thought if you're listening right now. Pastor Scott and I are going to work through what is called Lord's Day 31 in the Heidelberg Catechism. This is episode 31B. I'm going to read the three questions. So we're going to do, this is a, a discipline of memorizing questions and answers. And so we're going to go through the questions and answers again. We covered them 
in our last episode, but because we're doing a part B, I just want to do them again. So question 83, 84, and 85 starts off with, what are the keys of the kingdom? The preaching of the Holy Gospel and Christian discipline towards penance. Both of them open the kingdom of heaven to believers and close it to unbelievers. All right, 84 is how does preaching the Holy Gospel, meaning in the church, open and close the kingdom of heaven? According to the command of Christ, the kingdom of heaven is opened by proclaiming and publicly declaring to all believers, each and every one, that as often as they accept the gospel promise in true faith, God, because of Christ's merit, truly forgives all their sins. The kingdom of heaven is closed, however, by proclaiming and publicly declaring to unbelievers and hypocrites that as long as they do not repent, the wrath of God and eternal condemnation rest on them. God's judgment, both in life and in the life to come, is based on this gospel testimony. So just before we do the final question, if you're listening, just a summary of that is, how do we present the kingdom of God and invite people into the kingdom of God or exclude them? And one is from the proclaiming of the true gospel, meaning here's what it really looks like to follow Jesus. And we open the kingdom by, by teaching people how to live for the kingdom, and we close the kingdom when people are unwilling. That's what that's saying. And we're going to, this last one right here, question 85, Pastor Scott, is how is the kingdom of heaven closed and opened by Christian discipline? According to the command of Christ, those who, though called Christians, profess unchristian teachings or live unchristian lives, and who after, after repeated personal and loving admonitions refuse to abandon their errors and evil ways, and who after being reported to the church, that is, to those ordained by the church for that purpose, fail to respond also to the church's admonitions. Such, person, such persons the church excludes from the Christian community by withholding the sacraments from them, and God excludes them from the kingdom of Christ. Such persons, <clears throat> when promised and demonstrating genuine reform and receive again as members of Christ and of his church. Um, I so think I mispronounced which, that word. <laughs> which word is that? admonitions yeah oh yeah did i say it right i thought you did yeah it, and oh, it just uh, if you're listening and you don't know the word admonitions man it's warnings right responding yeah, also to the church's warnings cool so a summary of that last one so we've got hey how do you open and close the kingdom of god to people now don't just hear heaven or hell like a pastor in a church has the ability yeah. to send you to heaven or the ability to send you to hell it's not what it's saying it's saying that in one sense, we'll talk about the heaven and hell sense first. In one sense, we proclaim the gospel, the truth of Jesus, the truth of our sinful selves, and we open up heaven to people by presenting Christ and grace to them. And we close up heaven to them by telling them, listen, if you ignore this, this is the outcome. But then there's a more earthly setting too. How do we yeah. open and close the kingdom of God like the presence of Christ in your life? And we do that by proclaiming the true gospel, not just the eternity part, but the true, here's what Christ is calls us to, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and what, what he calls us away from. And you have a choice now to live that way or not live that way. And then the next thing is by Christian discipline. And this line that says, those who called, though called Christians profess unchristian teachings or live unchristian lives. In other words, who live antithetical or against what Christian what scripture calls us to, who, and this is important, after repeated personal and loving admonitions, meaning warnings, 
refuse to abandon their errors and evil ways. In other words, they refuse to repent of their sin. And who after being reported to the church, that is those ordained by the church for that purpose, elders of the church, leaders of the church, yes. when they these people fail to respond to the church's warnings, such persons excludes uh, the church excludes from the Christian community. So here's again my point. When if we were to go to someone and say, hey, listen, um, I'm, I'm going to pick something that's not. Uh, it's not far out. People would understand it, but it's not. I don't want to pick on a specific like sleeping with your girlfriend or, you know, watching porn. I mean, that's common and that's true and it's not OK, but I want to pick something that's a little more clear. Let's just do this. If someone professes to be a Christian, but is engaged in following the horoscope for their life. Right. That is antithetical to Christian teaching. If you're into astrology and charts and reading your horoscope you are looking to someone else other than god via the holy spirit for your direction that is idolatry right if you yeah. are a christian you cannot be a christian and a buddhist right you can't right, be a yeah. christian and believe in crystals healing you a new age person you can't be no antithetical worship systems right so let's pick on those rather than a lifestyle sin like sexual sin or gossip or drunkenness or something else let's look at let's look at idolatry rather than lifestyle sins that's All great right. man <clears throat> so belgic yeah. confession article 29 we said this last episode the true church can be recognized if it has the following marks the church engages in the pure preaching of the gospel it makes use of the pure administration of the sacraments as christ instituted them and it practices church discipline for correcting faults. Now, when we say church discipline, church discipline should be a process. Now I'm gonna pretend if I am a church attendee and I am uh, professing to be a Christian, but also following astrology or practicing Buddhist meditation or using crystals to heal my, or trying to heal myself with crystals. And Scott, Pastor Scott is one of the elders of the church or you know one of the pastors and leaders that I go to. Maybe he leads my small group community and I know he's an elder in the church. It is Pastor Scott's responsibility out of love and gospel to come to me and say, hey, Jeff, your, your, your life doesn't line up with scripture. You're practicing idolatry. You're practicing false worship. My responsibility is to, one, I have every right, like I, I think of the Bereans in Acts. I have every right to ask Pastor Scott, hey, can you show me that in scripture? Because I don't know that. I don't see that. You show me. And so he would take me to scripture. We would look at this and um, there's lots of things about astrology, but also uh, healing and seeking other sources of direction, all these kind of things. And we would wrestle with scripture. And what would happen is Pastor Scott would be correct. And when he shows that to me, it is my job to submit to scripture. I am also submitting to my church, but because it is presenting me to scripture, right? And if I am unwilling to do that, it is Pastor Scott's job to then kind of include the larger group of the elders and pastors and say, hey, listen, I've been walking with this person and they're unwilling to repent. And the elders would then come and in love, the admonition part is warning, hey, listen, you are doing damage to your faith and to yourself, right? And yeah. if you do this and you share this with others, you're doing damage to others, please repent. We love you. We want to yeah. walk with you. Let's repent, right? Yeah. And then the person persists. A next step, according to the catechism and according to scripture, would to be withhold the sacrament of communion to them. Or if they were 
heading towards baptism because they wanted to be baptized and profess faith in Jesus to withhold baptism until they repented. Now, yeah, if you're a Christian or you're a non-Christian or you're, you know, you're not connected to a church and you hear this, it sounds maybe too authoritative or too, you know, manipulative or whatever. Now, here's the deal. This is, I want to show you what scripture says, right? Matthew 28 says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, and he's speaking to the disciples and to the leaders. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I can commanded you. So part of the role of the church is to disciple, make students of Jesus out of people, teaching them to observe what Jesus said. Matthew 16, as Peter, uh, Jesus is speaking to Peter, he says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That's where we get our our language for this Lord's Day, keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth should be loosed in heaven. So Pastor Scott, tell me. So we know Jesus Paul, uh, 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 Jesus is speaking to Peter, right? Yes. But what Pedro. is he talking, what is he talking <laughs> about here with the, the keys to the kingdom of heaven? What's he, what is he charging with him with the leadership of? Uh, it seems, oh, well, not seems. He's instituting uh, the institution of the church, man. The authoritative... Right. A position that the the spiritual you know uh, these spiritual leaders have over us for the church absolutely for Great the purification of the church yes spiritual leadership for the purification of the church the edification the growth the health and life of the church exactly Good. exactly now Jesus does this again in John twenty speaking to all the disciples it says this and when he had said this he breathed on them and he said receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness it is, from any, it is withheld. Now, he's doing the same thing. He's telling all the disciples as he's getting ready to, you know, ascend back to heaven. And, and he's giving them the spirit. And he's telling yeah. them, man, you have authority here, right? Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it cool how the first one is before he dies, right? But he's telling them, right. I'm giving you the kings. Like he's instituting a a new structure. Not, I don't want to say new structure. He's exp he's bringing to life the new the the, right. the old structure, right? And then when you look at John after he's resurrected, oh, I apologize. The first structure, it's more of a forty. Like we need to preserve this thing we call church. Yeah. Just like yeah. just like the Old Testament, we preserve the nation, we preserve the church, and then you go into John, it's now the church, and it's more of an individual uh, approach to discipline. So you see a church purification, and then in John kind of exposes the individual purification. So it's two roles, two roles, man. I also think to uh, Hebrews, what is it, 12? I believe it's Hebrews 12, 6. I love this yep. passage. Hard one, to, hard one to accept. But I think if you can, you would look at, you would look at, advers, you would look at discipline in your life completely different. It says, for the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastens every son, child, whom he receives. That's amazing. Comforting. Yeah. You know what that, and that's a great, and that's a great passage to add to this conversation. The Lord disciplines those who he loves. Okay, great. And he chastises every son whom he receives. Okay, great. How, how does the Lord discipline people? How does the Lord chasten sons and daughters that he loves? He does that through the local church often, right? So the first yeah. line of defense, right, for uh, Ryan and Brooklyn, as we talked about earlier, is your discipline of them. You're their father. You're the one delegated by God to train them up in their life, right? Just like God has delegated elders and, and pastors and deacons and leadership in the church to train up people in their spiritual lives. And so you, if 
I'm going to make something up. And this is not something that has happened. But if Ryan were to go to the store with you and all of a sudden you leave the store and you realize he's got a pack of gum in his pocket and he took, right? Your job is to discipline him. Why? Because we don't want him to go on and do that and be disciplined by the police or something crazy, yeah. right? You yeah, know, yeah. Or by a teacher at school. We teach them so that they don't have the greater consequences. Same thing. That's we great. want to teach people in the church. We want to catch them before there's bigger consequences, right? God will do larger consequences. God will allow our lives to get out of control. But the church is that first line of defense to care for people, right? That's great. I never looked at it like that, man. That is fantastic. See, that's well, good, and, man. You and, get clarity on these things. They help you accept them. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you. I appreciate that, man. I, I, I hope we give clarity, right? Like you said, even if people are still wrestling with this, I hope they're clear on what the Bible says, what we think about it, that we don't want to just take control of people's lives. Last thing in the world I need is more stuff to do. You know what I mean? So First um, Corinthians, I, I'm reminded in chapter five, it says this, though, uh, Paul is speaking to the church. He says, though absent in body, I'm present in spirit. And as if I am present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. So he's talking about a specific situation. Anyhow, yeah. when you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, so he's calling together the church, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. So he said, and he's, I'm not going to get into the context of it, but he's saying, listen, I want you to do this. I want you to hand this dude. I want you to kick him out of the church. I want you to hand him over to his evil desires so that he may be saved in the day of the Lord. So the ultimate goal of discipline or even punishment in this case is restoration, right? It goes yeah. on a few verses later, says, but now I'm writing you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greeters, an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not to eat with such a one for you have for what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is not those inside the church whom you're to judge. Is it? I'm sorry, man. I blew that. Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside purge the evil person from among you. Mm. So here's what Paul says. I want you to discipline this person in the church who is so far off base. Right. And I, yeah. I want you to work with he's he is professing to be a believer, but he's not, he's living in a way destructive to that. Paul goes on, he says, listen, I'm asking you not to associate with them until they're repentant. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Listen, this is important. Paul says the rules for the church don't apply to non-Christians who don't go to church. They are about Christians. He says this, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Here's his question. He says, listen, don't go take the, you know, don't gossip, don't cheat on your wife, don't, you know, worship, you know, don't have multiple, you know, idols. Don't give that to the people outside that aren't Christians. This is for the people inside that are Christians. The yeah. message for those outside the church is you need Jesus. God loves you. And, and your sin is separating you from God, and Jesus wants to cover your sin. It's the gospel yeah. message, right? Live in Christ. But then once they become a Christian, it's teaching them how to live in Christ. And it's yeah. for their own good. This isn't Absolutely. a, hey, you must give more money to the church because we need your money. This isn't a, hey, I need you to do this because I don't want to do it. It's not those, you know, manipulating of people. It's, hey, man, you can't worship God and Buddha. You can't worship God 
and astrology. You can't say you have the Holy Spirit and yet seek your horoscope for direction. And the same thing is true of lifestyle sins. You can't profess Christ, but be living and sleeping with your girlfriend. You can't. That's what Jesus calls us away from that. You can't profess yeah. Christ, but then be an alcoholic. Christ calls you away from that. So we loving, lovingly are to walk people through repentance. On the opposite side of this, Paul says at the same church, he says this, for such a one, this is in 2 Corinthians 2, for such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough so that you rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. This is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. So here's what he's saying. Church, discipline, teach, train those whom you love like they're your children. Do it for their good, not for your good. And when you need to reserve, when you need to take away communion, take away the fellowship of the church. And again, in our context today, people just go to the church down the street. They won't submit to authority. They don't want to give anybody authority. They don't believe they need authority. Christians right now, in fact, we're doing this in the middle of coronavirus. Man, Christians struggle with submitting to authority at all. And again, you see this in the local church. So discipline is for the person's good and for restoration. And the church is to have an authoritative place in the life of the believer for their good out of love for them, that they might restore them, welcome them. And again, there's a whole nother thing to say, Christians don't value communion like it is, or you know, to, to remove communion from someone, they just go, so what? They don't always value it. Or you know what? You can't fellowship with anymore. So what? I'll go to the church down the street. Yeah. It's a broken, broken understanding of the role of the life, the church, the sacraments, and our place in Christ. Well, that's great, Pastor Jeff. I love the way you put. I love the way you broke down and correlated those passages. You know, you brought those, bridged those passages together. That was amazing. And I would just say this to those of you listening again: clarity over agreement. Thank you for listening. Remember. Jesus taught us that a little leaven, which represents sin in the Bible, will leaven the mm. entire loaf. So it's very important to treat sin aggressively the moment we see it. That way we're not letting that leaven rise. Anyhow, wanted to say thank you for listening to another episode of the Generations Church podcast. We release a new one every Tuesday. Uh, this, this is called The Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude. We would love it if you please, please, please write us a review, especially over the last two. We'd love to hear your thoughts on discipline or maybe what the Lord is speaking to you. Give us some encouragement. We need it. We love it. It really fuels us. Second, give us a share. Let others know what's going on in the church, how God is moving, how God is uh, desiring to grow his people. And please keep listening. Thank you so much. Take care and God bless. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family dot church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Gin Family Church.